Thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Just a reminder, we sell coffee. We have two specialty blend roast. That is some of you and weekend getaway. And you can find these at 95ventures.com or you can hit us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, send us a message and we will get that to your doorstep ASAP. And thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate it. All right. This episode of the podcast is with Gareth Hornell. He is a former rugby player, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and finding his passion in life has led him all over the world, not just in his regular job, but the jiu-jitsu thing has had him traveling everywhere, teaching and coaching and giving all of his knowledge away and sharing it with others so that they can become expert as well. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's only 30 minutes. It's a little shorter than the normal episodes because he had to go to hit a training session, but I really enjoyed talking to him. He is a really cool dude, and so I hope everybody enjoys this conversation with Gareth Hornell. And uh, I got about half an hour, if, if that's okay, man, just because I got to uh, I gotta, I gotta get a training session in at 6.30, but I, I, I'm yours for a solid 30. No, that's no big deal, man. That's no big deal. We're, uh, we're going, okay. and cool. yeah, time frame, there is no rules or time frame on this thing. It goes as long. It usually stays about an hour, but it goes as long as we want it to or as short as we want it to. Cool. Awesome. Good, good stuff. So I guess I found your stuff because I follow BJJ cop and, and Ari K and them at the Invictus stuff. Yes. And I've had both of them on my podcast. They're just, I like what they do. They're yeah. awesome. Um, and then I saw they, you there and the jujitsu, the jujitsu family is like, I kind of dig it. There's a, it's like a, it's like this little click of people that once you do it, you're kind of in no matter where you are in the world. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's cool in that way. It's uh, you know, definitely even, even less than one degree of separation, you know, you could go anywhere in the world. I mean, I've been to Brazil, Mexico, I've been, you know, through countless other countries around the world. And you always have that, that uh, intrinsic connection with people in the martial arts, not just jujitsu, but also in boxing and Muay Thai and mixed martial arts. And so it's nice to have that kind of sense of community uh, from a global sense, you know? Um, and to me, it's, it's such a gift, you know, I've met, you know, best friends who have turned into family. I've gotten job opportunities through jujitsu. I've gotten to work with an extraordinary cast of people like, uh, you know, the Invictus Leo crew, uh, the Austin PD, you know, that, uh, I was able to connect with, with those guys through and really just come and interact with people that otherwise you wouldn't have any other experience or opportunity to, to come face to face with. So it's really cool. And it's, it's a great uh, community in the sense that you literally can train with your heroes of jujitsu on a regular basis. You know, you could train with the who's who of elite world champions uh, on any given day at any Academy in the world. And um, you know, it's kind of socially accepted to do that. You know, that'd be like asking Michael Jordan to play a one-on-one match of horse, you know, it just would never happen. Um, whereas in jujitsu uh, that barrier of entry is, is kind of always open, you know, there's always those opportunities. And I think that's one of the coolest parts about it, you know, uh, just from logging countless hours of sweat and blood equity on the mats uh, it kind of, hammers out the ego um in those participants it enables them to be more uh humble uh approachable less ego-minded 
And because of that, you know, I've made some of the best friends in the entire world through the art of jujitsu specifically. So to me, it's a blessing. It's, it's one of the most important things in my life. And, you know, it enabled me to get the job that enabled me to meet my wife and enabled me to, you know, uh, travel around the world, compete, um, and really kind of create a lifestyle that, uh, you know, is based on passion and, and the fusion of passion meets profession, uh, which is amazing. So I, I am a huge ambassador for jujitsu and it's something that you should definitely get into. And I, I highly encourage you, hopefully after this 30 minute conversation to uh, take your first steps towards getting on the mats and, and getting some jujitsu mat therapy in uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually, so I've done, I've, I've done probably, I think three classes before cool. and I just started <laughs> CrossFit whenever I done it like i was just i was in it for like probably about five five months or so okay and i made some friends there it was in like a really a tougher time in my life so i went there made some friends i was like man i've got some good friends i'm like things are moving in a positive direction and i'm having a good time and then i did those classes and i got this close to quitting because Uh i love like i was like they, I heard the guys talking about going to a competition and I was like, Oh my gosh, I would love to train and go to a competition. Yeah. I don't care how good I am. Like I love to comp- I love to test my skill at the, at whatever level I'm at, at that highest level. So like, I love to put it on show and see what I, what I can do. 100%. And, 100%. and so that, that was, I almost did it, but if I hadn't had made those friends, I probably would have joined right away. So it was just circumstance of time, uh, but I did enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. And the crazy thing is what you said, you can train with your, like the superstars and the ego is gone. So like, there's no way you could just go pick up a game with Michael. Like you couldn't just walk into a facility and play with Michael Jordan. That doesn't happen. Right. No, no, definitely not. But what, so Uh, do you think it really is the humbling aspect of like getting beat? Or is it just a different mindset of wanting to pay it forward to the people below you, like and sharing your knowledge with them? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of, of the two, you know, um, you know, through the hardships and adversities of, of any sort of difficult sport or endeavor, whether it be jujitsu, CrossFit, boxing, Muay Thai, uh, but more specifically the combat sports. Um, there is this uh, purification process that takes place where ego, uh, false facade, uh, pseudo tough guy, uh, all of those kind of unfortunate plaguing stigmas in society get removed based on the fact that there's nowhere to hide. You know, you can't hide underneath a squat rack. You can't hide, you know, uh, on the mats. And you certainly can't hide when you're in competition and on a televised format or, you know, you have people in the stands watching you. It's, it's the, the most pure uh, glimpse into another human being's soul, I think, is to compete in some semblance of a combat one-on-one sport. Uh, and based on the nature of uh, kind of the, the bitter pitfall of defeat uh, and, and the joyous glory of victory, and the roller coaster of emotions that uh, you experience as a jujitsu athlete, um, I think it just really puts things into perspective, and you appreciate things more. You have a, a much more uh, perceptive reality of really what's important, 
And with that, you learn uh, to check your ego at the door and really just become someone who's accepting and, and tolerant and open-minded towards people of all walks of life. And to me, that's one of the most important things is that you walk into a jujitsu academy and you have doctors and lawyers and police officers, firefighters, college students, uh, people that are, you know, laborers or construction workers. You have a full gambit of different uh, fields, trades, areas of expertise, and ultimately backgrounds. And so by nature of just immersing yourself in a very diverse environment day in and day out, you just really start to appreciate human beings and, and get to know people, uh, not for what they do or how much they make, but for the genuine character and, and content of their soul and, and who they are as people and how they treat others. And, you know, you see that on the mats, you know, you, you slap hands and you, you get into a role with someone and you put them in a compromised position where, you know, you implement some sort of, uh, you know, strangle or submission and you literally get to test their fighting resolve. You get to test their spirit, their fortitude mentally and physically and, and their will to battle through adversity. Uh, so in my opinion, you really get to glimpse into people's character. Uh, and unlike any other sport, um, it enables you to just kind of cut past all the BS and, and really get to know people on, on a very intimate, personal level. Um, and with that being said, it just naturally makes you humble. You naturally want to help those around you. You naturally want to, you know, if there's a new guy in class who's training for the first time, you, you empathize and, and, and you remember what it was like on your first day as a white belt and how foreign this thing known as jujitsu was to you and so you really want to take those people under your wing and uh now i'm really kind of shifting focus as a black belt to, to start teaching more and to start uh helping those in the path of their jujitsu journey um so that you know i can be the mentor i could be the professor i could be the guiding light uh to help change lives you know um in a positive way and with everything going on and the uncertainty and the trials and tribulations of this this covid pandemic you know, a lot of people need that, you know, they need that sense of purpose, you know, no one's talking about the mental health epidemic, but it's a huge plaguing issue globally, um, is people not having a sense of purpose, people being trapped inside, people not being able to go to and from the office like they used to, or go to and from the gym like they used to. And so I really encourage people to get into jujitsu and, and find some martial art. Uh, it doesn't have to be jujitsu, but some martial art that kind of facilitates that sense of purpose and uh, gives you a reason to wake up in the morning. And so jujitsu has been that, that huge positive uh, beacon of opportunity for me. And I, I love sharing it with other people and, and helping them uh, see that same light. Well, how did you get into it? How did you get into jujitsu? This like, you know, following your thing, you, you do. I mean, I see you going all over the place. Like, it's awesome. Like if you, yeah. And obviously just going back and forth and talking to you, you're flying to Miami to New York, uh, you just been in Austin. You're doing all these camp. You did one with uh, Mitch Aguilar, I think, with the Adopt a Cop. Yeah, um, you're all exactly. over the place with this passion. Then you also do real estate stuff, and I don't yes. know what else, else you do, but like, how did you get into jujitsu and uh, and start that that road into like building this hobby into something where you're going to be flying all over the country? Yeah. So, so essentially uh, I got into jujitsu. I was, I was playing rugby in Argentina and in, in Buenos Aires and I, I got a pretty serious neck injury. Um, and based on that neck injury, I can no longer compete in rugby anymore. Um, by proxy of that, 
I had to find some physical sports ambition that would be a, a good replacement for not being able to play rugby anymore. Um, I started coaching rugby and, and that fulfilled me, um, but I still wanted to be an active competitor, an active athlete. Uh, so I walked into a place called All Rules MMA in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, for about an hour, hour and a half, proceeded to get absolutely ragdolled by two girls who were blue belts at the time and demoralizingly so just beat me into to, to a pulp and submission uh, for about an hour and a half straight. Um, me being a hundred pounds heavier than both these, these women, I realized the, uh, the technical benefits and superiority that jujitsu can give to another person to defeat a much larger opponent. And I realized the, uh, efficiency and, 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 and effectiveness of jujitsu as a martial art, um, both from a fighting standpoint, as well as a self-defense standpoint. And that was kind of my sticky point. I was like, man, if, if, if people who are hundred pounds less and lighter than me, can beat the crap out of me in such a brutal fashion, uh, then there's something to be said for this. And, and it was on that day where that took place that I was instantly hooked. I knew it was something I had to learn. I knew it was something I had to pursue. And I decided to get it, dedicate my time, my focus, and ultimately my life towards the pursuit of uh, receiving a jujitsu black belt. And um, that was about a 10-year journey you know, arduous one at that, uh, basic blood and sweat equity on a regular basis, battling through injuries, you know, competing, uh, overseas, competing in the United States. Um, but loving every moment of it, you know, the, the losses, the victories, uh, the feelings of uncertainty, the feelings of overcoming adversity and challenge, and really just the opportunity to grow, um, self-esteem, confidence, self-respect, and in turn, empower others. Uh, with those same pillars of fortitude and those same pillars of, you know, uh, finding purpose uh, through the martial arts. And so now that's kind of my focus is, is to help others um, see the path that is jujitsu as a holistic way to improve all areas of their life. Well, I, what I love about what you just said was you got a neck injury playing rugby. Right. Yeah. I guess it was this on professional level that you were doing that. Yeah, this was like a, a semi-pro level uh, down in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And, uh, you know, I was playing there very competitively and, and tackled someone at a kickoff and almost broke my neck. And long story short, kind of had an identity death of sorts. You know, I, I, I lost the ability to play rugby. Um, I felt as though I no longer had an identity as an athlete. And kind of in a downtrodden, depressed state, I needed something to, to fulfill uh, that void with. Um, and it was at that point I, I transitioned into, uh, you know, jujitsu and, and kind of by happenstance stumbled upon a, a group of guys um, at my local college where I went to school, the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, who would meet on like Tuesdays and Thursdays up in the gym. We had some crash pads and some like basic gymnastics mats. And we basically just try to strangle each other, not really knowing what we were doing, you know, try to emulate our favorite uh, UFC uh, matchups and use the rudimentary techniques and very, very archaic grappling knowledge that we had to, uh, you know, just compete and battle one another on a regular basis. Um, from that point on, I needed some formalized instruction because I knew absolutely nothing about grappling. And it wasn't until I went to an actual academy and started training with a high level purple belt at the time uh, where the doors of 
jujitsu truly opened up for me. And I have Jonathan, who's Cata guy from uh, Alliance uh, Wilmington to, to thank for that. Or uh, Alliance, uh, I think it's Wilmington BJJ now, but Alliance is, is their main, uh, you know, lineage. Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't until then where I really kind of opened the doors of, of perception and the doors of seeing jujitsu and the path that it could potentially take me on. And it, it's been an awesome wild ride, you know, I got to, to go to Rio de Janeiro and, and spend a month down there, uh, got to train with Hodger Gracie, got to train with the Alliance LeBlanc crew and, and some world renowned, uh, champions of the highest caliber down there. And, uh, you know, pick up some Portuguese as a white belt. And that was kind of like the, the real um, catalyst towards, I was like, all right, I've, I've learned from the Orient. I've gone to uh, the source. I've gone to Brazil. I've absorbed the culture. And now I need to absorb the language and, and the jujitsu. And spending a month there, um, just living in that Carioca, Rio de Janeiro lifestyle was amazing. It was an empowering, empowering, uh, transcendent chapter in my life. And from there i was i was hooked i was like all right this is it you know this is my life's purpose um i've i've tried to pursue other professional paths or pursuits and and for some reason it always brings me back to jujitsu so i think it's always been that rock solid uh solace in my life it's been something that has helped me through the darkest of times and it's been something that, you know, I always look forward to uh, because even on the days where I'm beat up, I'm, I'm sleep deprived, I'm dehydrated, I'm sore, I'm tired as hell. It's gray sky and snowing uh, outside in 30 degree New York City. I still find a way to muster the motivation to get on the train to then from my commute to, to jujitsu in New York is insane. You know, if I'm not training in New York City at Henzo Gracie Academy, you know, I train, uh, my main academy is under Alexander Soka, is a six degree black belt under Carlos Machado and uh, Carlos Gracie uh, Jr. lineage. So has done everything there is to do in the sport of jujitsu, you know, uh, multiple time ADCC champion, multiple time world champion. Um, and I just love, you know, him as, as a human being, as a friend, as a professor and all the people at the academy. And, and that's my home base in New York. And so I'll travel sometimes two hours to get there. Um, you know, I usually leave uh, Long Island City. I jump on the seven train from the seven train. I take that to Woodside, Woodside. I jump on the Long Island Railroad to Bayside. Then I walk from Bayside train station about a mile to my car I get in my car sometimes in like freaking foot of snow and then drive another 45 minutes to the academy and some days with traffic with snow inclement weather you know it may take me two two and a half hours but it's so worth it once I get there it's an instant sigh of relief I could have the worst day leading up into that point and then the moment I step on the mats it's like all those worries and woes disappear and um, it forces you to be in that ultimate present state where you can't think about the past you can't be anxious about the future. You're solely locked into the enjoyment of the present moment. And I think that's so important to find things that tune you in, focus your energies and efforts towards just the present state. Um, when we think about the past too much, we get depressed. When we think about the future too much, we get anxious, right? But when you plug into the present, you know, that's really where you get into that flow state. And that's, I think, where you really feel truly alive and truly grateful for the finite experience that is life on this finite thing called, you know, earth, which is a short, small little microcosm in the grand scheme of time. And if you're not enjoying it, then you're 
you're not really seeing the gift that life truly is. Jiu-Jitsu always enables me to see the gift that life truly is. Um, whether I'm being strangled and losing consciousness and submitting to a more formidable training partner, or I'm on top and strangling someone else and showing them that, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Uh, regardless, it's still the same outcome and you still emerge from the experience better. You know, a lot of times the best lessons come from the losses, not necessarily from the victories. And that's definitely one thing that jujitsu jiu as a whole has, has taught me as, as a human being, as a, a, a compassionate, you know, philanthropist and, and as an athlete, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. I think it's, uh, it's, it's for everyone, you know, despite your physical, mental, emotional limitations. I think uh, there, there's a way to train jujitsu for everyone. And, and that to me is, is the true beauty of it. It's a really inclusive, inclusive, open-minded community. What's well, the craziest thing you just said, like that, you, you know, you learn a lot more from your losses than you do when you got that neck injury, a lot of people that I run across and that you talk to, and it's, you know, I've had a small injury where I broke my foot. Right. And I just modified everything and just kept going, like yeah. worked out. I kept yep. doing my competitive stuff. I just had to wait for it to heal. Right. And I had to do that really good. Like I focused on being good at letting my leg heal, but also still good yes. at training and not losing ground. So like your mindset when you got hurt, wasn't, Oh man, my identity has gone. And also like, I have nothing to do. It is, I need to find something else like pursue 100%. something else. So that loss right there, you had two choices. You could be depressed, go off, do a desk job type of thing, or, and just live your life without doing any more sports or hobbies and just yep. be super careful about that neck. Exactly. Or you could go find something where they still strangle you and rag on your <laughs> neck, but it doesn't hurt it the same way. <laughs> and exactly. you admit it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, there was definitely that fear. There was, there was a lot of overcoming of adversity and fear and, I don't talk about it and, and I should maybe more because I think there's a lot of uh, lesson and value in that. But I, I was super nervous about injuring my neck. I was super nervous about severing my spinal cord. I was super nervous about, you know, potentially being paralyzed from getting put in a choke and, and having the, you know, severity of the neck injury I sustained in rugby. That was a fear. That was an ongoing fear. And so every day I got on the mats, every day I conquered that fear, I gained a little bit more strength. I gained a little bit more self-confidence. I got to the point where eventually I didn't even think about my neck. I just fully immersed myself into the moment and into the experience. And I think that was a huge relief in and of itself, just the ability to not think of what I once was as a rugby player, not to think of, of my ambitions and the dreams that got curtailed because of this injury, but to chart out new dreams, to, to set new objectives, to set new goals. And just because one thing doesn't work out for you doesn't mean it should be the end of your life. And it, it should be your just end all be all. Uh, all right, now this didn't work. So I'm just going to throw the cards on the table and I'm just going to ride it out and be miserable for the rest of my life no you constantly have to reinvent yourself it's like the person who lost their job during COVID well maybe it was a silver lining maybe it was a blessing in disguise maybe this career field and this job that you were miserable at wasn't for you now it's time to study evolve grow reinvent yourself and find yourself in a career field or a sport or ambition that is more tailor-made for your personality or skill sets or physical attributes right and so I think a lot of those adversities uh, teach the greatest lessons. I know this whole COVID thing has definitely taught me a lot, it, it, you know, for all of us, it's been an extremely tough 2020. Um, but if anything, there was a lot of silver linings of it, you know? Um, and 
I, I think just that mentality alone, that, that positive mentality to overcome extreme adversity in the most uncomfortable, uh, non-optimal positions possible and still maintain a, a winning mindset, still maintain a glimpse and gleam of hope that if I just endure this pressure, if I just endure this submission and fight a little bit longer, I'll eventually escape or I'll eventually see the light at the end of the tunnel or I'll eventually emerge triumphant or defeated. But either way, I'll emerge a better, stronger, more fortuitous version of myself. And I think that at the end of the day is, is what we're ultimately striving for. And if you're doing things that don't expose that, if they don't expose your weaknesses, if they don't cause you know, you'd have those failures or those hardships, then you're never really growing. You know, the, the ship isn't made to, to stay in its safe harbor. It's main, made to, to drop the mainsail and, and leave the confines and comforts of that safe harbor so that you can grow and you can test yourself against the, the incoming tide and the, the raging seas, you know, and, you know, chart a course that's uniquely yours so that when you look back on your life as you're taking those last dying breaths, you have something that you can be proud of and, and you can leave a legacy for those to follow in your footsteps. Yeah. And I mean, if that's one thing that people get out of this 30 minute conversation, just hearing you say that it's not to say that like, you're this, some super athlete that just recovered from that thing. It's like you no, had no. fears just like they do. You yeah, know, you had absolutely. just the same fears as somebody who has any injury, like pulls a hamstring or whatever. They have that same fear of doing it, but you overcame that fear over time. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and you know, listen, I, I was never a fully confident athlete. I was never someone who, I think, not really having a, uh, a father figure around for for you know most of my teenage years, kind of uh, really stagnated my 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 belief in myself and my respect for myself, and I just always felt as though I wasn't valued or I wasn't. I wasn't worthy of love or appreciation or respect. Um, and really it wasn't until jujitsu, it wasn't until I took the harder path in life where I really started to, to develop that self-esteem, that self-respect, that confidence, that, 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 all right, if I put my mind to it and I, I work on a regular basis through daily diligent discipline, I can achieve great things. And jujitsu taught me that more than any other life lesson, more than any other overpriced college education that I could have ever received. I think I've learned more from jujitsu than anything else, man, to be honest. Um, it's given me my friends, my family. It's given me a way of life. It's given me a, the ability to make money and, and, and pursue my passion uh, and turn it into a profession. And to me, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and blessed. And I think my driving force, my goal is to spread that to as many people as possible you know, while, while I still have time on this earth and to empower those who may be depressed, who may have lost their sense of purpose um, and give them that, that, that newfound uh, mission statement again through jujitsu. Right on, man. Well, we're about to 30 minutes right now. Um, do you have anything you want to let people know that you've got going on where they can sign up for some of your classes, jujitsu gyms, your real estate stuff, whatever, go ahead and give it a plug. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, on, on Instagram, you can follow me at uh, keeping it real estate underscore jujitsu. Um, that's my main mode of social media that I utilize. I also have Facebook, uh, first and last name, Gareth Winnell. Um, LinkedIn, you can find me um, if you want to connect on anything in the real estate or title insurance space. 
Um, I also do personal one-on-one training, strength and conditioning, uh, weight loss, muscle building, uh, athletic performance. Um, I also teach boxing, Muay Thai, as well as jujitsu and MMA and would love to connect. You know, I appreciate the opportunity tremendously there. And it, it, it was a, uh, an awesome, awesome, very casual and, and, and easy conversation, very free flowing. And, and I love that. And, uh, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Hey man, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we can make this work out. hundred percent. Let's do it again soon, man. I'd, I'd love to come back on. Awesome. Cause I could have talked to you for like an hour and a half. I feel like, man, we just got started. So that's awesome. I might take you up on that. Thanks brother. Would, would right, love that, man. All right. So appreciate you, Aaron. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in. All right. All right, man. See you. Thank you again for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Thank you to Gareth. Go follow him. Check out all of his stuff. And don't forget to like, rate, review on iTunes and share, share, share on social media. And until the next episode, see ya.